fintech. It's become so broad, so general a term that it's hard to imagine what it means, not only in terms of category, but in terms of the contemporary as well. In 2018, the definition of fintech is changing. Cooperation is being stressed over disruption, but there's even more going on. What do the changes look like, and how is one fintech trying to pave the way? To find out, we'll be talking with Lamia Pardo, Senior Vice President of Growth and Operations at Pangea Money Transfer. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast. It is fantastic to have you here with us. And we have a real treat live from our studios in Chicago. We have Lamia Pardo. Lamia serves as Vice President of Strategy at Pangea Money Transfer based in Chicago. At Pangea, she ensures that continually growing the user base is of prime concern, retaining the best customers and running a sustainable business. If you consider yourself, quote unquote, a true customer advocate, I get inspired by solving problems for real people. I thought that would be a wonderful way to start. Tell us what that means to you. Hi, Lou. Thank you so much. I think that focusing on the customer is really what makes a company truly aligned. We, of course, have performance objectives, but when you focus on what is the problem you're trying to solve, it creates a different level of engagement from the employees of the company, and it also creates much better solutions for our customers. For example... We launched a platform a few years ago, and for the first few days, we started looking at the funnels and already tracking the data, which was incredibly helpful, especially understanding what were the opportunities to improve the product and where were the problems that we were seeing. But it wasn't really until we went out there and talked to real customers and saw how they were using the platform that we actually realized how can we actually do that better. So the actual solutions come from talking to our customers and translating those insights into tangible solutions. And with technology, that's even better. So glad you brought that up because one of the bifurcations between fintech and banking often is that fintechs want to figure out from the customer's point of view, first and foremost, what works and what doesn't. So when you've talked to customers, obviously they've identified these pain points. Tell us what you've learned. The level of quality that we expect before we put anything out there is very different. First, we're dealing with money, hard-earned dollars that are actually going to be sent cross-border, working with multiple partners. And it's very important that we test internally everything multiple times before it goes out. Second of all, we are regulated as a money transfer company, so that also puts a different level of scrutiny. So our pilots have also to be very contained and controlled. From a customer perspective, that is a great point. We have been iterating and making features better from a usability perspective. But when it comes to trusting the brand to send their money home, they've always had a good experience. So at least with that, we've had a good relationship with the customers that we build over time, really high retention rates. And then through those high retention rates, we've been able to have multiple conversations with our customers. It could be through customer service, marketing surveys, or just brand activations that we have on the ground and we just go and participate. That's been really helpful in understanding the nuances between our different segments as well. 
users sending money to Latin America. We have users sending money to India. They have a very different profile, very different needs, and very different way of interacting with our mobile apps. So with that, we've learned so much that to truly be a customer-focused mobile app, you have to think about your brand from a global perspective, but you really have to target every single funnel. So we really try to make sure that every decision is data-driven and also insight-driven, so merging both. And when customers talk about speed, they would tell you a story about how one time they tried this company, someone's mom needed money for medication, and the money didn't get there until three days later. They just can't wait that time. So we go through a very long selection process when we are choosing partners so that when we go live, that is the one part that we can always guarantee and say your money gets there in real time. And when money gets there in real time, there are real stories. I love the example of the medication funding. Now, your CEO and President Nishu Thukral had mentioned in a piece where he threw down the gauntlet. Here's what he said. The biggest challenge still facing the remittance industry is mobile. While other parts of the payments industry have been able to keep up with the rise of mobile payments, the remittance segment has traditionally lagged. How do you interpret that as being a call to arms for your company? It wasn't really until we saw a few months of data that we realized over 95% of our transfers were actually coming from mobile devices. We started researching the industry and what was happening. Remittance space have been dominant for many decades by the agent model. So the agent model creates a lot of legacy issues. For example, agents that have their retail spaces and have already invested in fixed costs around those, they put a lot of pressure on the margin. So then when we started Pangea, for example, there was a point in time where some of the main competitors in the space would charge you more to send for mobile when it's actually a much more cost-effective transaction. So... That was really interesting to find out. They had all of these issues that we didn't have, so that was an opportunity. Second of all, we were born mobile. We didn't have to migrate things to mobile. And third of all, we are very tech-oriented, so we don't have meetings where compliance or product or marketing is talking about a new idea in a silo. We always have the engineering perspective, so we try to understand how can we make this more mobile-friendly. And one of the other benefits is that today... A lot of platforms out there exist with data that you can collect from different customers so you can do things in a passive way. And at the end of the day, you combine all of those and you build a really robust engine so that from a compliance perspective, our capabilities are really superior and compliant. And at the same time, we are making the user have a much smoother user experience. So we don't make them fill out paperwork every time they have to go stand in line. We don't have to ask them, you know, to scan copies of different documentation. That is really, you know, completely part of the legacy model. For us, everything happens really quickly in the app. The information is stored over there. We send them real-time notifications. We notify the receiver. So we are really accommodating all of the needs that the users have along the path into the mobile experience instant. So when you're a user that you've been going to an agent location for years and then suddenly you're introduced to an app that is actually very simple to use where you can just follow step by step even if you're not very tech savvy, at the end of the day that is what really creates loyalty. And with fintechs that has 
been the way for so long. We have this view that we're not just going to do things and do things better. We're going to change the way things are done, the disruptor model. But there's also been a lot of talk about fintechs as being more cooperative, realizing that if they combine with traditional financial services companies, they can do more. What seems to be the model that's really evolving that is going to set the tone in 2018? I don't think you can be a disruptor without being a cooperator, and especially in this industry. So the way I see this is you always want to be a disruptor if you really want to get ahead of the curve, if you want innovative solutions for customers, especially if you want to keep that up over time because then other competitors can also start copying your features. So in that capacity, is really important that you learn how to cooperate in a way that Everyone's bringing their own points of view or their own expertise, but at the same time, you are helping them advance as a company as well or as a bank, as a financial institution. As a money transfer company, it's impossible that you could handle the flow of funds from beginning to end yourself. So along the way, there are multiple partners, the regulators that approve you to move into a new model, there are banks that also approve every different business decision or product feature that you have. There are different partners that already have disbursement options. So, for example, we try to be really innovative on the user experience from the sending side, and that is all about technology from our perspective. On the receiving end, it's really about optionality. We may convince someone to change how they're sending money, but if that person has a 75-year-old mom that walks to a location in a small town where the only place to receive money is that specific location, we're not going to change that behavior on day one. So what we try to do is to make sure that every receiver in every country that we operate in has all the options that they want. So that also requires cooperation. But in every single case that we've worked with different partners, we always try to see how much can we actually make them do something different, which means something better. And that's just really early on when we start that discussion. We talk about how can we get the money there faster. We talk about how can we improve the notification system with the receivers. Are there any options that your same outlet offers? For example, is there any way that we can start signing up free people for more wallet options? So instead of walking somewhere, places where there's a lack of infrastructure, they can actually just get the money deposited into their wallets. So those type of conversations are what we try to have to complement the traditional alternatives. There are disruptors, there are cooperators. It sounds like Pangea is in that space of improvers, working all sides of the equation and really making things better. Lamia, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Lou, thank you so much. Lamia Pardo is the Vice President of Strategy at Pangea Money Transfer in Chicago. You can look for Lamia on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, fintechs often follow a model that's not so much financial services as high tech when it comes to the philosophy of their products. First, they'll develop a product that's tested internally multiple times. In the case of money transfer companies such as Pangea, they'll work with regulators to make sure pilots are contained and controlled. Then the next step is to iterate and improve features from a customer standpoint. And finally, to build loyalty and retention rates before starting the cycle again. Number two, in FinTech 2018, you can't be a disruptor without being a cooperator. 
Now, you always want to be ahead of the curve, ahead of the competition, but helping financial institutions advance their game is a big part of the picture as well. Not so much the disruptor as the improver. And number three, for many fintechs, especially those in the money transfer marketplace, consumer trust is the most crucial variable of all. The problem is this, how do you convince people that you have a better experience when they've heard it all before? That's where critical influencers come into play, working via social media and through other organizations. Your existing customers can carry the banner for you, but beyond telling, there's also showing. And that's where peerless customer service comes into play. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. Nobody said success in financial services was going to be easy, and especially in the fintech world, that's difficult when nine out of 10 startups fail. Here, Lamia recalls the story of a meeting that caused her to reflect on why she was in the fintech world and why she continues to be passionate for what she does day after day. Listen. When I was first introduced to Penji and this opportunity, I didn't know what startups really were or had never done research about them. I just knew there are some tech companies in Silicon Valley, and that's really where my understanding of that space really ended. And then one of my mentors at the time called me and said, you really have a startup personality. Have you ever considered that? And then she told me she was starting one of these programs. And at that time, Pangea was part of an accelerator program. So I thought, you know, that was an interesting thing to even consider. But I was just exploring, went, met with different entrepreneurs, met with specifically the founder of Pangea as well. And then through that process, I thought, wow, this is just a good time in my life to do something crazy. Then a few months later, I'm already really into the business idea and the opportunity. I had not used a single marketing skill at that time, which that was the core of my background. And instead, I was just solving any type of problems, right? In every job I've had before, I've always been that problem solver that I would be the go-to person for other projects or opportunities outside of the scope of my role. You know, that's a common thread of my career. You know, I was suddenly not just the go-to person for things. It was my responsibility. I was the owner. And I think that the only thing I regret is not doing this earlier. So it's really encouraging. It's really exciting. I would do it all over again. And then hopefully one day it would be just my own business that I would start. And don't forget, we are now accepting your nominations for the 2018 BAI Global Innovation Awards. Nominate a company that you've seen do outstanding work in financial services. And yes, you can nominate your own company as an innovator. Deadline for nominations is April 13th. Visit BAI.org slash global innovations to find out more. Thanks for tuning into our podcast, and here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.